Yeah. Part of life is just consistently showing up, doing your best, mm-hmm. and beautiful things happen along the way. And the biggest thing in my story uh, is showing people that you can start from nowhere. And the minute you start reshaping your habits in your daily life, you'd be surprised what can happen. Yo, what is going on? And welcome to The Talk with Murphy Wells. I am, of course, him. And this is a podcast I created to talk about business, entrepreneurship, and give people a free platform to tell their stories that we will talk about. And today I am very excited to be met by my good friend, uh, who is also ironically another purple belt in jujitsu. Uh, but instead of selling homes, this guy sells your financial future. Uh, one of the friendliest, most extroverted, most just loyal friends you could ever have. Thank you. And someone who, you know, I would put on my stamp of approval to handle your finances, Mr. Connor Silverstein. Thank you very much. What's up guys? How you doing? Hey man. What time of day is it right now? Oh, it's two, three o'clock, but what, what time is relative these days, right? You know, you got people wake up at four o'clock, you got people working at 2 a.m. It's, I don't even know, as long as we get enough sleep and we're functioning and we get enough coffee to keep going. I was about to say, yeah, my man is over here just having a fresh cup of coffee at 3.45 in the afternoon. But you know what, I'm not going to front because the other day it was like after dark and I needed a cup of coffee, but I, I don't know how... I don't know how locked in and tuned into work I was doing. You know, it, it's so funny. I did a trip a few years ago with some buddies. We went to Africa. I talk about this story a lot. Um, we went to Morocco, which is French colonized. And so their portions are so small. Mm-hmm. And halfway through the trip, everyone's like, you guys look strung out. And I just realized because, you know, I drink coffee more, so I love the flavor. But we're so naturally overly caffeinated all the time that Dude. we're not getting your natural hit. Mm-hmm. Your body's losing. So like when people see me drinking coffee later in the day, I'm just so used to drinking coffee mm-hmm. and then going to bed. You know, it's crazy. You're, you're heavily involved in the fitness industry. Yeah. Like you're someone who lives a very fit, healthy, active lifestyle. That's where a lot of people's caffeine addiction begins. And I remember the first time I met with like family or friends after I started working in the industry and we talked about like, Oh, you drink too much caffeine. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, it's only like 800 milligrams a day. And they looked at me, they're like, 800 milligrams a day? And I'm like, yeah, what are you taking down? You know, what, what you on? And she's like, you know, I might have a cup of coffee every day. And I'm like, oh, I really have a problem. Oh, I'm so impressed by people who can do no caffeine at all. You know, we get so used to the lives that we live that we forget what's normal, not normal at times because it's so instinctual to pick up that cup of coffee. Like, I... I think about coffee like I think about water being a part of my life. If anything, I unfortunately drink more coffee than water yeah. until I do 75 hard. And the minute that finished, <laughs> I'm not drinking water again. And I'm like, oh, shit, I need to drink water. But that is the a hard- cup of coffee, I will pick up in a heartbeat. It's and I'm the like, hardest part of 75 yeah. hard is the damn water. Like, and it it's is- almost embarrassing. It's like, why is this thing that our body is a majority made of, right? We're, we're mostly water. and yet. We would rather say, ah, you know, maybe another time. Excuse and it me, while us I, so much. Excuse me, while I dehydrate myself with another three hundred milligrams of caffeine this morning, right? You know, but I'm cranking it down. I'm going to the bathroom every five minutes, but it could be worse. <laughs> so, without further ado, tell the folks a little bit about what it means to be Connor Silverstein. What got you into your industry, and uh, additionally, what keeps you in your industry? Okay, so. 
who is Counter Silverstein? Like, what do I represent? And this is something I really thought about a lot when I was a kid, when most kids are thinking about what sport they want to play and who their friends are because of just events that I went through in my life. I was really thinking at an early, and it was very difficult at the time, but I'm so grateful I went through that at that age, age of 15 years old. I'm 30 now, half my life ago. And really, what what was the purpose of me being brought here? Like, what is the meaning of my life and who am I supposed to be? And at that time, I would have never thought I would have gotten in the financial services industry that was inspired by other life events later on my whole life a byproduct of life events randomly stumbling me forward Mm -hmm. into opportunities to impact other people. And so I think a good summary of who Connor Silverstein is in my eyes is someone that wants to leave people's lives in a better place every time I have an opportunity to interact with them. You know, you can leave an environment in a better place, but I want to leave people in a better place because, you know, uh, our environments come and go, but the impact we have on someone and the way they think about how we can connect one-on-one and we influence each other and we impact each other, whether we like it or not. And I think that, you know, in this one life we get, our legacy, for me at least, my legacy I find the most enjoyment out of hearing people's stories, which is part of what this whole thing's about, but also pouring into and inspiring those stories. And I knew when I was a young kid, I wanted to work with people. Um, My childhood best friend changed my life in terms of, you know, the power of when you meet someone and their wisdom and their views can revolutionize your identity and what you Mm -hmm. think you're capable of. So I was like, well, this feels great having a best friend and connecting with somebody. And, you know, I was like, I just want to do this for a living. And such a general idea of let's just be friends with people and love them and pour into them. Yeah. And I was like, well, what, how do I do that? And it started with health and wellness being a super ADHD, high energy have all of this in me, but I got to get it out somehow. And that's what started me with bodybuilding, which later led me to first form uh, and bodybuilding for them. But that wasn't my really career. That was just kind of a start of me finding my identity and confidence in my voice through my body and through physical effort. And what led me to the financial industry was really um, coming from a kind of rich dad, poor dad scenario. You know, I had my dad and my stepdad in two very different positions in life. Mm -hmm. And through observation, I just thought, well, I'm so blessed to have, you know, the opportunity to look into these two people. But what do other people do, right? They have to go on the internet, read books, all great things. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference of insider access where you get to see behind the scenes of the daily lives of these individuals versus just reading about it, right? And I thought I have a real opportunity if I love to connect with people and have this unique insight into how we can think about finance and truly think and grow rich, why not make a career out of that? So, you know, I feel a lot of people get in the financial industries uh, because they just enjoy, you know, how money works and, you know, let's go improve uh, our, our financial success, which is something I really love. 
but there's such another component of um majority of our life is taken up by our career. Our mm-hmm. career is our revenue stream of how we make a dollar. And so if I can inspire how someone makes a dollar, then I can improve their career and I can improve where they spend a majority of their life. And it's been this wonderful journey so far that's allowed me to meet so many great people. Instead of having to pick one business to work on, I get to be the middleman behind so many brilliant people. Um, I get to meet people like you and so many others who have so many different skills I don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get to, that's my life. You know, it has its difficulties and hard days. And then, you know, it's, 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 I wouldn't trade it for a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love people. I love pouring into them. And as long as I can wake up doing that every day, I think it's a life well worth lived. So I, I love how you lead with the relationships part of it. And I think because of some of the successes I've seen in sales in my lifetime, which I'm not saying like yeah. I'm an award winning salesperson, but to come from a guy who has a lot of like street knowledge to when I worked at first form, since you mentioned it, the the thing that always helped me out finding success was relationships. Mm-hmm. And it was that you build a good relationship with the person who is in front of you. You make their lives easier. It's called linchpinning. I'm sure. I mean, with your time with the company, Sal probably said that a bunch of times. If he didn't, he started to. Um, but it's also then like, who are the people who are outside the walls? If you make their lives better and do it for the right reasons, you're going to experience a lot of success probably in any kind of affair with both mm-hmm. of those people. And when you talk about people wanting to work with numbers, okay, I'm in, I'm incredibly right brained. I'm so art and creative. And so like that style of things, when you think about like all the numbers and the stuff, like for someone for like the average person to like get to your level, how much input would they need to do into like a classical financial planning education? Oh man, that's actually a really great question that no one's ever asked me. Um, because you can learn technical skills of how to do the fundamentals of finance. But for those who are clients of mine, for those that see the vision my business partner Logan and I have for how we want to redefine how you can approach financial planning for it not to be just how we move a dollar, but also how we inspire that dollar, that's almost my life's work. You know, mm-hmm. finally manifest in a career. Um, uh, and, you know, also depending on someone's ability to, um, I guess understand the value of their network. You know, I was making a comment the other day on my social media saying your network is your net worth. And we're so quick to throw out bumper sticker phrases, but not really truly pour into that and tap into the very meaning of what they just said. And so I think it could take a years to understand the fundamentals and be able to do rather well in their ability to articulate it, but to really start scaling and amassing the ability to not only we built the fundamentals, but then start bleeding that into scaling it through a network and utilizing other people in your world that they don't have to be employees, but I look at everyone in my life as a product offering Mm -hmm. from a business level, right? You know, for example, yourself. I have a client who needs to tell their story. Well, I have a good friend. From a friendship level, you're my brother. From a business level, I can offer you a service, the ability to tell your story. You're wholesaling you, people. Right? That's a great way to put it, wholesaling people. <laughs> and so 
Wow, I love that. Wholesaling people. Thank you. Trademark. Yeah, <laughs> that is so fantastic. I'm going to use that in meetings now. I will not forget that. I really hope that doesn't get twisted into something right? it's not supposed to oh be. Oh, my God. But it, but it's, but it's people want to be sold to others. Like, you know, people love being promoted by other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for people to truly maximize their financial potential. I want them to learn how to do that in their own life. When I work with other business owners and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, we can talk financial services, but in your own network, how are you offering up other people to increase the value add that you are? And the more you give, the more you earn. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Yes. Yeah. And so that, 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 that's how I would answer that question. And that comes down to your ability to understand um, and almost deconstruct your environment and go, what, what do I have here? You know, who do I have in my world who I can plug in, but also mentally understand it's not just helping them out. You know, everybody that I, that knows I'm plugging people in part of it's out of love, but also part of it's out of strategy. It's how am I strategically building these businesses Mm -hmm. through resources, through people. I get called all the time. Who do you know? Who knows this X, Y, Z. Everyone knows I'm the networker. And but that's part of how we build our finances, mm-hmm. right? If nobody knows who you are, how do you grow? What does DJ Khaled do? Does DJ Khaled produce records or does he conduct things? He moves mm-hmm. people together and he goes, you guys are going to work together. Yep. Will it work? Yep. Hopefully. But at the end of the day, DJ Khaled will get a lot of credit for it. Yep. Even, even if there are all the memes about him just like yelling his name on stuff. Like, dude's a smart guy. And yep. Dude's a guy who I really do look to. And I'm like, you're on yep. another level. But that's not the point. Absolutely. The point really is, though, is that I can appreciate that you even say that as someone who wants to win in life, which I want to get to your definition of that in a second, it's okay for you to win. And I think the idea of winning has become so, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's almost like it's like frowned upon these days. And it's, it's a horrible thing to say. But to say that, look, I'm going to connect people and I'm going to win because of that. If you read the seven habits of highly effective people, it sounds like I need to, you do, but it's, <laughs> you, but you're a guy who I feel like lives it without knowing it. Cause you have a very yep. strong moral compass. Yeah. People yeah. are surprised how much I've not read. That's okay. Um, I mean, yeah, and that's something I love. Alex Her- Hermosi uh, talked about recently is I think that it's important to read, to have a great sleep schedule, to do all these things. But for people who feel this pressure that if they don't live, you know, I'm waking up before the enemy, you know, and I'm getting my workouts in and I'm 75 hard in every week of my life. And I'm not saying like, yeah, go do habits that improve, but not, there's so many, there's so many ways to win. And part of life is just consistently showing up, doing your best Mm -hmm. and beautiful things happen along the way. And the biggest thing in my story uh, is showing people that you can start from nowhere and the minute you start reshaping your habits in your daily life, you'd be surprised what can happen. Yeah. The idea is be effective. Don't come up with this super elaborate morning routine, night routine yeah. as to why you are successful. Like, okay, I woke up at eight o'clock today. I went to bed at 1 a.m. Did I get a lot of shit done? You bet your ass I did. Mm-hmm. Am I tired as fuck at the end of the day? You bet your ass I am. Are there people who get up at 4 a.m. and who are probably less effective than me? You bet yep. your ass there are. So. Yep. I can appreciate that, that thoroughness, but to the idea of winning, 
I, I like the fact that you're able to say, I'm going to connect people and I'm going to win because of that. The, the idea from the book is think win-win. If there's one side that's not winning, nobody's winning. Yep. And so when, when you think of like what success is for you, because to be a person who I see is in the early ages of what his lifelong success will be, the way that you treat people, the way that you talk about numbers, the way that you and Logan go about educating people. Mm-hmm. I get him on here too. Um, what is your barometer of success? Like when you think about what your life will be in detail, what is, what does Connor set the goal of? What is his success? Look like? What is that? From a business standpoint, all aspect, because it's such a, you're asking me questions. I go, I, I would have to break that down. You know, I have my, my success and my health and wellness. I have my success and I went out and tasted life. I have my success in business. Um, and then relationships, right? So I guess I'll break each of those down. Go right ahead. Um, business, it would be for me to know that I've truly won and I've succeeded in life. When I first got in the industry, I wanted to flip financial planning on its head and redefine what financial planning means. I wanted to empower and, and, and grow the industry. Instead of continuing to do what's always been done, I wanted to not only do great planning for clients, but I also wanted to create financial planning is this um, quarterback role, as Logan would say, my business partner. He would say, how do we play the quarterback in your life and, and be the strategic partner amongst communities to help build businesses that build a better world? And so the most fun and success I've found out of my business so far that's resulted in wins is our ability to connect very incredible people across the board together and build those relationships. And on the back end, it results in us having to do more planning for them, right? So not just, hey, let's manage your current success. Let's build a plan around that. And then where are we going to go next? Where are we going to go next? And me truly winning is turning that into the new standard of what financial planning is. That is my dream. So now segueing to health and wellness. Um, Jiu-jitsu is a big part of my life. Just like Zach, he was on here last and... Holy crap, that changed my life. Everyone in my life knows I talk about it more than ever. And it's so funny, the seasons that I've gone through in the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to never talk about it this much. And I'm such a better person for it because of how much it exposes you, right? It's so easy to lie to yourself. Um, You can't lie to yourself on the mat. You, you, you can't you, lie to Nick you, either. You can't. Yeah, I can't <laughs> lie to Nick. That's for sure. I met him once. Um, I'm like you're an intimidating. Oh savage. man, he's 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 a savage. I get to be. I get to Great train human. with savages, right? Yeah. And me winning in my health and wellness is to continue reinspiring what it means to be 30, then 40, then 50 to continue pushing the boundaries. Yep. I, I think that people wake up and they go, my best years are behind me. And whether or not your body recovers as quick or you have some aches and pains here and there, what I'm currently feeling right now, I want to continue to be inspired by life until my last breath. I I want to redefine what you can do at that age and explore and go, how can I surprise myself? Why not? Mm. And that bleeds into so many other things in my life. And, you know, I was saying the other day, 
This year, I want to get certified in skydiving. Uh, next year, I want to learn to fly planes. And, you know, I just randomly was like, how cool would it be to do some James Bond shit yeah. and learn to fly plane and jump out of it and skydive out of it? And someone's like, that sounds crazy. But it's like, why not? Like, people... When you were a kid, you were dreaming. And then you wake up and you go, you have to get realistic. And why not cultivate relationships and businesses and ideas where if you think it, you can just do it. And Mm -hmm. I was a kid when I was younger who was constantly being told who I was and what I was capable of to a point. The beautiful thing when you grow up feeling at the bottom is event you either let that take over your life or you go, well, being down here doesn't feel good. I need to do something about it because I don't want to feel bad anymore. I want to go feel good. And if you're at the bottom, the only direction is up. And I never created a barometer of limitations of like, okay, we've pushed far enough. It's just like, keep going. Like, who else could you be? That little kid never thought he'd be a financial planner who is... Uh, doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and fighting people across the planet. You know, like it, it's every day I wake up and I go, who will counter be in the next five years? All I know is I want to taste life. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, every, every, you know, we were just talking about this, right? When I showed up, I said, you know what? Next year's going to be a year of, let's just go try a lot of new experiences. Who knows what's going to stick? And I think more people should definitely go for that. So um, and when it comes to relationships, we all know we'll ne- never have it all figured out, but there's moments where you truly feel like you've mastered a subject of figuring out something mm-hmm. and then events in your life you happens and it just reminds you of how much you don't, you know, don't shit. know shit. <laughs> and when it comes to all these things, especially relationships, the, the greatest thing I love being 30 now is how much I really value for those relationships in my life that have true depth um, and to win and succeed in that aspect of my life. It's continuing to treat those relationships like family. Um, Not just, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, awesome. Glad you're doing things. But how do you be as present as possible? Mm. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, with Ed Milet and this brilliant businesswoman. She got diagnosed with stage four cancer. She unfortunately passed away a few months later. It was this very tragic, empowering, though at the same time, story. Uh, and she said the most, she said the beauty of receiving this cancer is I would have never slowed down until this happened my entire life. And although I wish this wasn't something I had to go through, I've never been more present. And I thought to myself, how do I be present without having to go through that at that level? And that comes with practice. And I think that's the coolest thing about life is you just get so much time. And the overall macro idea that stands out to me on each of those niches is I know I'm winning if I at least show up in each of those categories. I think we get so attached to results. I'm more attached to did I show up and try. And it's like, when you just wake up every day and try in a, from a balanced uh, a, a platform of, you know, I'm going to take care of my health a bit. I'm going to try something new this week. I'm going to pour into my business. I'm going to check it on my friends. And you just consistently do that plus time. 
it's amazing how we don't have to make life that complex, but if we consistently just do a little bit of all those things, it's amazing to see where life can go. Now, of course, be uh, strategic in how you pour into these things. Don't just aimlessly be like, let's just, you know. But at the same time, be playful with it. Don't put so much pressure, you know. Um, Budget your attention. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, zingers left and right. Yeah. <laughs> Wholesaling people. Wholesaling people. <laughs> Not to be confused with another thing that's absolutely terrible and horrible and I would never, ever make light of because it's not funny at all. But <laughs> I, I I appreciate you going in depth with that. And I think, for me, a big part of my growth was understanding that aimlessly trying to be great is a, a it's an amazing way to never have the amazing part of you take shape. And when I think about what really changed for me, it was that I started being okay with admitting that I had goals that were short, medium, and long-term. It, w- it wasn't cool not to want anything anymore. It wasn't cool to effectively be a loser because a lot of people are like, no, it's okay. I, I, I should just be a plebe and you know, I'll live off government subsistence. And as long as I don't offend anybody, everything will be okay. It's like, no, that's a very weak, meaningless life. And you don't believe in absolutely anything. And, To me, I look at the world and I think that's the problem is that we're all taught to think way too small and we're not taught to really connect with things or people anymore. Hey, look at the phone, look at the screen. But when you think about just how our economy looks today, for example, think about how most people's bank accounts look today. What do you think the number one factor is as to the detriment of what I see at least? When you think of like the state we're in, as a country right now and relating it to finance, what is the number one reason for why our country looks the way it does in your opinion? Oh man, I think, well, we, what's really changed the landscape of course is technology, right? We have these things right here. And so for those that understand it and for those that don't, it allows ideas. It allows who's thinking outside the box and who's stuck in the box uh, to be exposed much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows those who want to take advantage of it succeed much quicker than ever before. And, it, and, it's, and it's creating a bigger and bigger divide between those who are going to make it and won't. And you manifest those ideals, you pour into them, plus time, it's resulting in, it's resulting in a world that we're living in today, right? Where we're going to expose to such a separation. Um, from those who are making it and those who are not right struggling and not just in economy, but in how we conduct ourselves. Right. You know, um, now we live in a society in a lot of ways that what's the next popular topic to talk about is really what takes control of who people are and how they're sold and how they consume. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, I'm not the most technical person in the world, uh, but it doesn't take a technical person to realize, well, let's pull back and figure out how was this world built, right? Mm-hmm. People wake up, they want to survive, they conquer, you know, they hunt, they devour, they consume. You know, we're all consuming things in one way, shape, or form, right? Most people are consumers. And we're consuming things, we're consuming other people's energy. Um, Caffeine. Caffeine, right? And so with the environment we're in today, going back, especially economically, but also 
you look at what's going on in the world and how it's influencing people and how they're spending their money and time, right? It's That's the biggest thing is if you want the most successful life, in my opinion, in this current state that we're living in, you have to really think about how do I take ownership and control of my own life and be disciplined in those boundaries? Uh, because as much as we can get worked up of what's going on as well, most people are surprised how I can have strong opinions about a lot of these things, but I don't let it work me up because I think one person can make a difference in a community that that community then makes a difference on a bigger level and it continues like the butterfly effect, right? But at the same time, life is short. And what Nothing kills you faster than stress and anxiety. And I don't want to wait my whole life to have a good life. I say that to other people. Wake up daily, do the best you can, figure out what am I taking ownership of. And with the landscape I have, whether it's good or not, how can I be the most positively impactful in this particular situation? Negativity solves nothing. You know, there's so many things all of us wish were different, but challenging situations allow us to rise and overcome obstacles. And so while this landscape is a very interesting time in history, um, it's also exposing a lot of opportunities to go, well, let's just find out what we're capable of. Let's go for it. Whether it's challenging or not, who gives a shit? Go for it. No, let's go solve some problems. Let's go make a difference. Let's go rise. Because there's going to always be good season and bad season, right? What's the quote? Hard times. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak yeah. men create bad times. Or- exactly, right? And, you know, let's talk politically real quick. There's always going to be some president that someone hates, right? You know, whether my person gets voted in or not, you know, then a few years later, you got to deal with it all over again. Yeah. Right. I go, you know, I'm in finance. Of course, I should be like, yeah, screw taxes and all that. Of I'm course. Like that. Of course, nobody wants to pay taxes. But at the same time, I got to deal with what I got to deal with. I'm going to fight it the best I can to reduce my exposure to something that I don't want to have to face. At the same time, I'm not going to let it keep me up at night. I'm not going to let it keep me up at night, right? At the end of the day, you still end up in the ground, right? And all this stuff that we're fighting each other over is not coming with us. No. I Personally, you're much more religious than I am. I'm, I'm spiritual to like, I believe in like karma and conscience. Yep. Conscience, like, hey, my conscience is like, I believe the the, the proof of my soul is that I can, I, I can discern right and wrong. And mm-hmm. I can like, I will obey obediently follow what is right most times. But when I think about this life and the next life and how someone lives here on earth, I would wager that a lot of the bullshit that we invest in while we're here, I think a lot of that stuff does carry with us into the next life. And it's why I think when people think about like angry spirits or, Mm. you know, not being at rest yet, to me, it's like, yeah, you got to settle your demons while they're here on earth. And mm-hmm. I think that goes all the way down to the financial level. Cause like when I first started doing any kind of like martial arts or hand to hand combat sports, I made a declaration to myself, which I, I did not follow to. <laughs> and I said, before I walk into this gym, I'm not going to have any debts. Now, when I said that I had drug debts, I got rid of all. Them. So those are all good. I didn't owe any one person any money anymore, but I, I said that because you being a guy who's really adept in jujitsu, 
I understood that like when I walk into someone's combat academy for whatever sport it is, whether it's a studio, a boxing gym, or if you're doing karate, I don't give a shit. There should be a spiritual tie to right and wrong, to discipline when you walk in here. And I would wager that for a lot of people, they go to their grave with a lot of regrets and mm-hmm. that can also be reflected in their financial situation. Yep. Because like Andy always says, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Like if your life wasn't as in sync as it is right now, do you think that you'd be in the place that you're in in life? I think that when you really listen to where you flow the best and you protect that, that's when you make the most progress. The biggest thing is to not get distracted and really create healthy boundaries because a lot of the time we know when we feel we're on the right path versus not, but it's our own habits that can get in the way. And you said something earlier that really stood out to me about people carry certain demons to the grave, right? I think we have to have a better understanding in society. Well, what is your demon versus something that's not yours? What pressures do you put on yourself or carry? Like, for example, my stepdad before he passed, right? The amount of times certain things politically would work him up that would boil his blood and raise his blood pressure up until his death, right? Mm -hmm. And I go, yes, regardless how we feel, the fact that it's affecting you so much that it's affecting your physical health, Mm -hmm. and that's something that you're like internalizing in your body to the point that you're not at peace. You're giving yourself cancer. Exactly. And so that's what I mean is what when people come to me to talk about finances and they judge and put pressure on themselves and to go, well, what, at what point in your life were you put in a position now at the same time, right? You got to also like, I need to, I need to take this step, right? Well, first of all, you took the step by showing up to this conversation. Congratulations. But at the same time, we also need to give ourselves grace, not excuses, not, oh, you know, it's okay. You know, you, you know, it's, it'll be okay. It it will be okay. And we, we, we have the opportunity to improve the environment, right. And give yourself grace in certain areas that's like we, for when it comes to finance, there's not a lot of great financial literacy out there um, to truly help us uh, creatively think through it. It just explains what things are, right. Uh, the whole importance of my industry is to help us navigate what's uh, relevant to us or not in this chaotic in- environment of just massive information being shoved in front of us. You know, what's relevant to me or not. I think I'm a man of, of a few simple principles that I really anchor on, right? And it's always do your best each day, right? It's pouring into each of those uh, a major uh, facets of your life, like your faith, believe in something. Like, you know, I have my beliefs in Christ and God, right? But I'm not here to make everyone believe what I believe, regardless of my viewpoint. It's like, at least, what do you believe in this world? Or are you just aimlessly carrying on, right? Take care of your health. Pour into your career. If you don't like it, um, sometimes that that happens, right? We're not where we want to be yet. What are you doing to change your situation, right? There's There's fundamental things we can do each day. And if we just consistently stick with that, and always do our best. It's it's amazing what can happen, right? Mm-hmm. And it reduces that pressure and that stress. So then you don't have as much regrets. There's so much more I want to do in this life. But if I was no longer here, at least I was taking enough time to reflect on what I was going through to be at peace with what's been already done. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made mistakes this year. 
I've, we're all, I'm going to continue to make mistakes. I'm not putting pressure on myself to be perfect. Right? I always say, being Christian, I always say, I can't be perfect. And I'd be God. Right? I'm not God. I'm just a human being. Your imperfections are what yeah, make you human. Exactly. And so if I can't be perfect, I should not put so much pressure on myself, which is something I even myself need to work on when I make mistakes because we have high standards. Yep. Right? Grace is a beautiful thing. And, and there was something I read recently where it's like we, we all look at time differently. You know, I love everyone. It's so funny, too, how trends impact people, what you see people share on social media. And everyone's been posting, let's not wait till January. Put in the work now. And everyone's sharing the same idea. I shared it, you know, because I did love it. Um, but even like, you know, do you track your life in years? Do you track your life in weeks? Do you track your life in a day? You know, and I love this idea of you don't have to wait till tomorrow to reset. Because let's say you're putting pressure on yourself today and you're like, Tomorrow's going to be a fresh start. Or, and what if it's noon? And now you're going to have to kill the rest of your day for your fresh start tomorrow? Yeah. Or, stop what you're doing. Go take a walk. Take time with yourself. Improve your self-talk. Get all that negative energy out. And say, within the next hour, we're going to restart the day. Yep. I think, I think most people just want to delay the inevitable and they don't want to give themselves permission to fail. And that's a very big thing. Most people won't give themselves permission to fail. They're going to stay within their little box of mediocrity hmm. because they don't experience highs high enough to fall down from. Yep. And the depths with which they get to, yeah, they suck, but they could be way lower. When you swing big, you also understand that if you could win big, you can also lose mm-hmm. big. I'd, I'd rather be willing to win big or lose big and sit there wondering what if. and it's kind of what's inspired my whole brand, yeah. which is that idea to look at things as they are and say, no, I'm going to have influence over this. I can't control everything, but I can at least influence enough with my attitude, my effort. And I know someone's going to take notice yep. and they're going to help me. And like someone like you has come into my life and helped me. And <laughs> I actually put a little question box up on my story earlier. You might've seen it. I was like, Oh, if you had questions for a financial planner, you know, what would, what would you ask? And this is a this is an important one too because I asked Zach in the last episode I'm like okay what makes you different as a realtor when you think about what makes you and possibly like you and Logan as a team different in your industry what do you do that sets you apart from everyone else that you could tell us honestly I think most in our industry I truly feel most in our industry are just trying to meet your expectations and and solve uh, the solution of we got you on the plan. I think what Logan and I do differently is, of course, we do that. We, we help build plans for people and help people get educated on what to do with their money. Mm-hmm. But we inspire what's financially possible. This is something I say a lot is I think people want someone to truly believe in them. And say, you know what? I love your vision in life. How do we accomplish that? And then some, and not just say, yeah, of course you're going to financially be free one day and retire and congratulations. You have enough money. And it's like, remember we only care about money. I think this is not talked about enough. And I think it's something that Logan and I do very well is 
Why do we care about money? Because it allows us to experience things. It allows us freedom, a sense of security, shelter, water, food, and also to go taste life. And so if you're going to shove your money somewhere to build a plan for your future, instead of asking, well, what's retirement look like for you? It's or like, what do you want to build to taste out of life? And how do we continue to shape around that? And I think that comes down to truly believing in who's in front of us and saying, let's build a partnership and create a reality out of that. I think Logan and I, crush that you know i i think that's what we do extremely well is uh respect people's intelligence uh also be humble enough to go what can we learn from you and your success that was like our first meeting together right what can we learn from you and how do we piggyback off that and pour into that and also learn as we go along Mm -hmm. it's 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 we respect them we we want to hear their story. We want to empower and encourage it, right? Finance has gotten just down to the technical numbers on the spreadsheet. And for some clients, that's all they want us to do. But I think there's just such another component where people want to be believed in and accomplish as much as possible and taste as much of life as possible. And finance allows us to do that. I think that is an amazing way to set yourself apart in your industry because I think when any... T- about any people. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the, cause I've only taken a few financial advising meetings in my life. And most of them were by people who were like, Hey, I just started at this firm. I've got to make these calls. You, you want to talk about your financial future? I'm like, bro, I don't have $1 to invest right now. And the thing that I always hated about it, cause they're like, well, you're going to retire at some point. Like, Hey, do you want to like not have to work like right before you die? That's not an inspiring way to look at financial planning. That's saying, well, let's get ready for when your body doesn't work. No, it's like, no, motherfucker, like, give me something to be excited about. Yep. Don't bore me to death with the fact that I'm going to be decrepit at some point. I'm going to look like our president right now. Yep. I don't want to be reminded of that. I want to be reminded that life is a damn adventure and that when I am 65 and plus, I can do whatever the hell I want. And, you know, that said... I already have an ornery sense of what my life will look like at that point. So I'm real excited to be moving towards that with you. <laughs> I mean, bro, I, I don't really, I don't live with a lot of limitations. I've, yeah. I've always challenged convention because that's who I am. So people are like, oh, well, you're going to slow down at some point. I'm like, yeah, but I'll be driving fast cars. I don't give a You'll damn. be tasting life. You'll be, you're, when, when you create limitations on your potential and who you can be, you, you will always be left with what if. And I prefer answers than what ifs. Yeah. Failing is learning, yeah. right? Uh, there's so many quotes. Once again, this goes back to so many quotes we tell ourselves, but do we actually, do we, do we consume what we say? Do we actually uh, take the time to be introspective enough to go, what does that look like in my life? And how would I practice the very things I say? Mm-hmm. I think so often in life, people talk a lot, but they don't actually practice the things that come out of their mouth. And that doesn't mean, you have to be perfect all the time. It just means try. There's genuine. so many things I preach, and I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect on all of them all the time. But I know I'll always be remembered for showing up and at least trying. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Show up and try. You have intent for what you do. Yes. Don't, don't, don't take trying as an excuse either for never doing your best. 
Yes. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, I tried. It's like, yeah, you gave us 60% effort. You want me to sit here and act like you gave me 100% yep. of what you could? It's yep. like, And that that's a great point. To me, trying is giving your best. It's not just I, I showed up to the door. It's I gave this a real honest effort. Mm-hmm. I gave it a real honest effort. And don't quit the first time you fail. Keep going. Keep going. Fail again. Fail again. Like, Give yourself you know, permission to fail. Yeah. I, you got nothing. To, like, what do we have to lose in life? I think people have their ego to lose. Right? And that's the worst thing. Well, that's the benefit of being a loser when you're a kid. Because <laughs> you have shit, no ego. <laughs> got the shit kicked out of me. I loved it. Great. You know, I, I always joke around of, I'm so glad <laughs> that I had the hardships. You know, people all the time like, oh, I'm so sorry you went through this or that. I'm uh-huh. like, who, who, who has developed and grown to where they're at in life it's so natural for us to say i'm so sorry for what you've been through but it's like no thank god i went through what i went through because it'll help to me get exposure to the challenges of life to build character discipline at work ethic and fight and hunger mm-hmm. right to be able to build and overcome i'd rather have happened now than later down the road right and especially for people who go, I don't like the situation I'm in. I go, well, those are the best stories. Those who come from nothing or those who failed or those who had it all then lost it and then got it again. Yeah. It's like no one wants to hear the story of, I've always kicked ass. Life has always been great. I've always had to figure it out. And it's like you people wanna- love to see struggle flipped into a success story. That's what inspires. Yes. So if you're struggling right now, Fuck yeah. If you're struggling right now, that means you get to go out there and accomplish something at one point that's going to make someone go, holy shit, they did it. Maybe I should go for it. You hear that, Disney? You hear that? (laughs) Y'all are struggling right now. And it's the exact same thing he was talking about. Because you started writing a whole bunch of characters who didn't have to go through anything. They were just magically written to be great because they were something, because they were diverse. And then what happened? No one related to your audience anymore. And right now you're hurting. You're losing a lot of money. You're firing a lot of executives. Well, guess what? This can be your rocky moment. I thought this whole thing through. Y'all ain't slick. That's God's plan right there. Stop acting like you got everything figured out. Be okay with failing. Give yourself permission to lose and to fail until you win. Because if you're the kind of person who's going to enter into the league your first year and walk out with a championship, all right, cool, but guess what? You're either going to have to win another one yeah. or you're going to have to lose. No, honestly, I love how hard my life's been. Uh, let's, let's, um, there's I, moments where I'm like, oh, you know, some friends in my life, are, I wish it was easier in some aspects of time. Or, you know, uh, life can lay off the punching bag a little bit sometimes. But um, if I think back, and jiu-jitsu's exposed the most out of this lately, of having to have moments of adversity and overcome and not give up and quit and just mm-hmm. keep going. And I thought if, if, if I was naturally gifted and it just came perfectly easy to me and I was just a superstar from the start, it wouldn't taste as well when I finally make it. You know, I want to go to Worlds in August next year. And it's so funny that I'm thinking, you know what, we're going to go for the biggest platform in Brazilian jiu-jitsu to compete. And I remember when I was younger, I quit wrestling because I thought to myself, and I was good, I was talented at it, but I was like, I'm not ready to handle this kind of thing yet. You know, I didn't have that dog in me yet. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that in me yet. 
And it took me getting into bodybuilding and building that confidence and building that fight and building that hunger. It took what I got into bodybuilding when I was 15. I got into jujitsu when I was 22 or 23. Let's just say 23. That's almost eight years Mm -hmm. to then come back to that type of sport to then build myself up. It's been a whole journey and it, it's 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 getting scraped and beat up and failing and winning and overcoming and wins and all these things. And I think that's the beautiful thing of life is fighting your way through to have these moments of success when you're like, holy shit, I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's so many people out there that when they see someone win sometimes, they go, oh, well, good for them. And it's like, that'll never be me. I go, well, you know what I can't wait for? For when you win, because I know how hard you fought. And hey, when I won, I can relate to you more than you know. A lot of us are out here fighting, and we forget how similar a lot of our paths are. Life is hard. It's going to continue to be hard. It's never just you wake up and it's like, this is everything's working perfectly. There's, there's weeks, there's moments, there's months where you're on cloud nine. It's all working out. And then all of a sudden, you're in that valley again. There's areas. That's the, the hills and valleys of life will keep coming. I definitely think that's great. And I think that's an amazing way of looking at it because oftentimes we like to confuse where we are for who we are. If that were the case, I, my story would have ended a long time ago, but you can change that. And so with these next few questions, as we round out the conversation, which I think this has been an awesome conversation as far as the energy and your insights and the philosophy that comes with being Connor Thank Silverstein. You. When we get to some industry specific topics, if someone wanted to really beefen up their financial literacy, I, I did it with YouTube and just mm-hmm. going to my local library. What's one book that you think universally could help all people, people who are starting to be invested in financial literacy, people who are a little bit more learned or advanced than the people who are like, I'm revisiting this book because it set the term because oh, it man. set the plate for me. What is that book for you? I honestly, I don't, this is where I, I'm a terrible human being for this question because I don't read a lot. <laughs> um, but you, you mentioned I don't, one earlier. I don't, I don't have, I mean, I, I think based off of books I have read, but books that seem to impact people the most because most of my my knowledge and my lessons have been through life experience. Uh, but they've been ironically, you know, my life has been books in reality, right? Mm-hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a major book that's at least shifted people's thinking of how things are. I had a rich dad, poor dad. I lost both my dads. One was a nine-figure guy. One ended up homeless, too. So homeless dad, multimillionaire dad, rich dad, poor Affluent dad, dad, in my own dad. life. So, you know, by the time I read it, I thought to myself, well, I know this story. This is my life. Think and grow rich. You know, another great book, I think instead of learning financial literacy in the sense of um, I know how to navigate a financial plan. I think you always need to meet with people in the financial industry to have those discussions, right? Um, but I think the best books are going to really shift in how you look at, um, uh, uh, like, I remember my best friend James when I was a kid, before I really got into finance, he goes, well, the dollar is relative, right? There's so many things that affect the dollar. Is it a dollar in your hand? Is a dollar invested in something that's now growing? It, you know, because inflation, what's its purchasing power, mm-hmm. right? There's so many things that can modify and change the value of this one dollar. 
And so understanding that concept more than am I shoving in the right account, all of those things. And I think that's something that Think and Grow Rich does great. I think that's something that Rich Dad Poor Dad is really shifting our perspective and how we approach business and things that can make or break a dollar, mm-hmm. right? That create creativity. Yeah. And whether or not, I think people put pressure that they have to be someone they're not. Like, I'm not technical. So I started building relationships with technical people. My business partner is the technical half that I'm not. I'm more of the social networking, connecting individual to two of us. Right? And he knows that about me. So I'm doubling down on what's natural to who I am. People put pressure. I have to be this thing that I'm not. At least understand it. So then you can go find a great connection in your community who can help solve Mm -hmm. this new realization. And that's the beautiful thing of community that I really try to educate people, especially when we talk finance, right? Um, and then outside of that, ask questions to people. What do you, do you know about this? How, how did you find success in this space? What's one of the most successful things you've ever done financially mm-hmm. that th- helped you find a win? Yeah. I should be asking that still to people constantly. How did you pull this off? I meet clients. That's why I love is I might be in finance, but I'm constantly inspired by my clients in new ways. I see them making dollars. <laughs> and I, apparently I'm supposed to be the one like people in my industry sometimes go, I'm the one to give you financial knowledge. I'm learning financial knowledge from my clients. And I think yeah. that's another thing that um, sets us apart as well is hey, I'm not just here to pour into you. I'm also here to learn new ideas and strategies from you as well. Yeah. And let me go research and learn about that for you. You have to have that Rolodex of experience with people because you learn how to deal with different personalities. You you don't want to profile people, but you're able to say, I've dealt with this type of person. I can have an idea of what's important to them. And if I know what's important to you, it's way easier for me to help you. So I think that those are all great books for me. Rich Dad, Poor Dad really did change my opinion of, hey, I can, I took out the student debt and I, you know, don't get me wrong. I've, I just got rid of my car debt, but as far as it changing my mindset, I I kind of have this opinion of like, in your personal life, you should read at least one Dave Ramsey book. It does not mean you should subscribe to everything that he says. In fact, most of what he says is probably not practical for most people, Yeah. but having as little consumer debt out long-term in your name as possible. I actually kind of subscribe to that. I try to get all the balances off my consumer cards as soon as possible. In your business life and in your making money life, you should subscribe to Robert Kiyosaki. That is kind of like my barometer of stuff. Your personal life, don't be worth shit on paper. In your business life, let's make sure you got some money. Yep. I'm, yep. Ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of. So this next question for for the 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 new financial planner, the new version of young you. They're hungry for their first clients, trying to get leads. It's really that awkward, hard, gun it out stage. What's your number one piece of advice to that person moving forward? People can smell bullshit. One of the best, uh, my, my biggest learning moment in my career was my very first call to a buddy of mine in college, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And I changed who I was on the call to sound a certain way, to pitch him, to have a meeting with me. And he goes, Connor, you never talk like this. And then I just called him back and he's like, don't call me like that ever again. I called him back and go, you know what? Got in the financial industry. I would love to meet with you because even though I don't know all this yet, I want to pour into you. I want to make a difference. I want to impact. I go, I used to tell young interns in the industry 
when they were first getting into it, I go, why should your friend work with you when they can work with me? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And because their brain's immediately thinking, well, of course, Connor knows more. He's been doing it longer. So why would they want to work with me? And my mindset when I was first in the industry was because I care more. I was like, knowledge, I can just go hire that out. Yep. I was like, but this person has the knowledge. It doesn't matter if he doesn't care to pour as much of it in. And so if I can even almost play a middleman between more knowledge, I mean, that's why I bring in different partnerships when we're doing planning. Someone might need have tax questions or estate questions or marketing questions, right? I don't have all the knowledge, but I can bring those in. But people come to us because we care. Mm-hmm. We want to pour into them. And the biggest thing is if you don't really care, about making a difference, pick a different industry. Oof. Don't work with people directly one-on-one if you don't care. I love it. And it's okay if you don't. Not everyone's a people person. I don't know why I love pouring into people as much as I do. It, you know, obviously can say this moment in life, but no matter how much people beat me up, I wake up the next day and in and, and my DNA, in my blood, Everyone that knows me knows I freaking love pouring into people. I want to inspire them and empower them and show them what's possible. That is who I am to the core. If I was not that, I would not choose a people-centric like, job. People-centric job. And that's okay. I respect the person who goes, I don't want to work with people. I hate people more than, I respect that person more than the person who goes, oh, I love people and they don't. Like adults who say that they want to get into teaching because they quote love kids yet they hate every second of their job and they're just glad they get three months off. Exactly. And, and, and and that's the biggest uh, reason for my success was never that I was the most technically brilliant at finance. It was that people knew that if they worked with me, I would never settle for anything other than figuring out how to give them the best. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't know it, I would find someone that does. A lot of the technical knowledge that inspires me new ways of doing things technically mm-hmm. comes from Logan. Yeah. Right? Where what comes from me is being like our standard for giving you the best will never get lower. And I'm always gonna find new ways to improve the intentionality behind how we impact you. Mm-hmm. That is what creates a sale. Yep. People a lot of the time don't really give a shit what you're saying. They just want to know that you care. And if you can't sell yourself, you're not going to sell them. No. So ask yourself, would you buy your shit? I love it. I think it's, I think it's straightforward and it's honest and it's necessary because a lot of people get sold entrepreneurship and salesmanship. Like it's this dream come true. And it's like, Mm -hmm. bro, you got to be good at taking reps. You can't be, you can't get a stripe in jujitsu without doing reps. You can't, you can't learn how to flying arm bar someone yep. if you never learned how to, you know, I can't, uh, what yep. is it? Uh, with a shrimp. I've done the flying triangle. No, don't, don't start with me. I, I, I want to say one other detail too, is I see a lot of t- times people agree. They're like, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree. You know, that belief system and all that. We have yeah. so many people because it's cool and popular to be entrepreneur, to talk about self-empowerment and believing in yourself and doing and taking a risk. Like it's so it's like cool and popular to say that and do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like the new motivation of today, the motivation, the sugar high is like, it's cool to talk about this shit, but to actually do it, 
when no one's looking, when you go home and you say you agree with these ideals, are you doing it? Are you actually living out the very things you're preaching? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people keep focusing and and sticking to the path they're on because they're, they're scared that when they do pull back the curtains, like, holy shit, I've been lying to myself the whole time. Yep. Guess what? That's okay. Because you just realized it, which means now you have the opportunity to transform and become a better version of yourself. Yep. I spent my entire childhood lying to myself by thinking, you know, when's this going to change and what am I waiting for? Instead, I just had to take ownership of my own life. Hardest thing to do for most people. And, you know, and, and the discipline to take action. You know, there's a beautiful thing in the art of doing. I used to want to create a podcast called The Art of Doing. I'm sure someone's going to take that now and go create it. A lot of people got the same podcast. <laughs> It'll be, but, but specifically around, there's so many amazing ways to be brilliant in this world today, but they wouldn't be brilliant if they never took action. The, the art of doing, which Nike's all about, just do it. Just, just go do it. Do it. Whatever you know you should do, Take a moment, take a step back. In this moment, what could I do that would help me progress my life and just do it? As I asked Zach on the end of the last episode, I said, hey, what do you want to be known for? Like the thing that like when they tell the story of what your business or what your brand was is, you know, if you could sum it all up in a statement or a question, but I think you really just did that. And I think you should go forth with that project. Mm-hmm. I, that, that, that's why I got you, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my new specialty. I yeah. help set up people with podcasts. And I will say, you know, the, the one quote that I kind of made up is, I've said this to many clients before, everyone wants to be Michael Jordan in this world today. They're like, I want to be the Jordan, whatever I do. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be Tim Grover yep. because I, I love this idea that when you're in the ground one day, and I've repeated this idea so many times in my life, at least I'm consistent. With yeah. It. Um is that I want to look around. Well, I'm not me, but people be looking around. I'm in the ground. People be looking around and be like, holy crap, look at all these impactful, empowering, amazing people. And to know that you're one of the common denominators behind a lot of people's success, uh, to leave behind a legacy, uh, to create a better world, that's my biggest life mission. I want to be a part of that. Other than having my own family one day, from a non-family oriented standpoint, knowing that I can empower people's dreams and mm-hmm. I happen to finances, that's my biggest goal. And I want to help people get in a state of where do we go from here to just doing it, right? How do we're, we're taking action, uh, taking action is just natural now, right? Yeah. And to reduce their pressure of judgment, and I think it gets easier over time, right? Um, I think there's a lot of people who go, I only have this much time left. I have not, you know, it's, we, we, we put so much pressure the younger we are because we don't want to mess up the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years, right? And it's so mm-hmm. funny how you could m- waste an entire year in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Wake up tomorrow and all you have is this moment and where are you going next? You change everything in the flip of a dime. Really best part about life. I love that. 
Well, bro, I mean, dude, I think this has been an amazing conversation. And towards the end of every episode, I let my guests ask me one question. Connor, if you had one question to ask me, what would that question be? Ooh, one question that I would ask you that I think would be impactful. It could be anything. If there's one idea that's been really revolutionary to your life that you wish more people knew or heard to improve their self-esteem or their, their belief to just go for it, right? If there's one idea or a thought or a way to approach life, that's just been your core thing to inspire people to say, it's okay. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. Go for it. What would that be? If I'm taking inventory, there's, I think there's a couple things that compete for that spot. And on the one it's anything is possible. So amongst the Henny drinking community, hood rats. I saw that on. Yeah. (laughs) So so thank you, Miss Terry. Terry, when I moved in this house, she sent me a doormat and it says anything is possible in this house. So that's what that is. But on my leg, it does say anything is possible. Uh, And it's just kind of like me interjecting a sense of humor into just remaining optimistic and saying that, yeah, things might be tough. Things might suck. But even a hood rat can work for his idol and then from there start his own business. So on the one hand, it is that anything is possible. It's, it's have that optimism of like the early stages of things. Understand that it's going to get shitty, but be okay with that because part of the personal development journey is not just constantly going up. Like you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to trend up. You're going to trend down. So anything is possible just so long as you put forth the conviction and the intention and the consistent action to make it so. Mm. The other thing is this, which is really seeing your life as a story. I majored in English in college, creative writing and literature. It was just because I promised my mom I'd go to college. I suck at all things school. I Same. fucking suck at all things school. And I dropped out. I have three classes left and I can have my degree, but I don't care. Um, I'll do it to make her happy at some point, but that's it. And when I realized that I was the main character of my story, I took life way more seriously. I was like, okay, I'm done being a side character in my own story because For a lot of us, we look at people who are the elites, the elite socialites, the elite influencers, the elite politics people, the elite finance people, whoever. And we think that there is this like this huge jump in like species between them and us. Like they're more important than us. Well, maybe there's a part of that that's true, that maybe they do have more influence than you do, but you're not going to become more influential being a side character in your own life. And you have to say, where am I in my story? Is this the prelude? Mm-hmm. Is this, this is not the epilogue. This is not after some shit went yep. down. Look at your life like a story. Believe that anything is possible. And if you just want to say anything is possible, that's fine. I'm hood with it. I'll always be hood with it. But for me, being a little kid who got the snot beat out of him, who told everyone to fuck off, who tried being like everyone else, who lost a lot of hope, who is considered self-deleting himself more times yeah. than he cares to admit, those have been the things that have gotten me to hear. And I would say that for a lot of people whose lives I have touched, they could co-sign all those things. They'd say, but I think that last thing you said is absolutely what I would take away from his life too. Mm. They got a good answer for you. Absolutely. That was fantastic. My man, where can people find you? And do you have anything you want to plug right now? Oh man. I mean, if, well, I'm always plugging. I think that, um, my Instagram silver scene financial, uh, you get to really see a better insight of who I am. 
And uh, you know what I also want to plug that, especially for men, um, talking about your mental health should be more normalized. I've mm-hmm. never had an issue. I used to get picked on when I was a kid mm-hmm. uh, for how much I wanted to express how I felt and what I was going through and all these things. Because to be a tough man, you're supposed to be big and strong and a fighter. Ironically enough, I, you know, yeah, I, I learned that later in life, fight. but I started as this emotionally expressive human. And I remember someone saying to me the other day is like, Oh yeah, you know, it's not cool to talk about having a therapist or mental struggles or whatever it is. You know, at the same time, we don't need everyone to be their boohoo sob story. This is what I'm going through. But at the same time, like there's nothing wrong with saying, this is the particular aspect of my life that I'm struggling with, or this is what I've been through. Like I've had a therapist most of my life. And I even still go when I'm kicking ass at life because I want to make sure that the things that I'm saying are healthy are actually healthy. So I just want to plug that because nothing wrong with struggling emotionally, right? You know, I think that's good. And most people are like, I got a product or a website, but I mean, emotional vulnerability, acceptance, uh, being able to be responsible for what you go through and being able to say, I stand for this or I stand for that, plugging other people and also find my man on Instagram. I think yeah. those are all really good points, man. And so oh, yeah. guys follow Connor, follow along with the show. I really appreciate you. I'm having a lot of fun doing this because now I constantly have someone else to talk to. Now, if you're getting something out of the channel, please hit that subscribe button. It only takes a second. It makes a massive difference with the YouTube algorithm and also a like and a comment about what you want to see me talk about next is appreciated. This is the talk. We're out.